Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Mixed martial arts and boxing fans, it's time for Fighter's Fury inside the heart of a champion. With your hosts, Brendan Tobin, Seema, and Tommy Guns. It's time for Fighter's Fury on AM790 The Ticket. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Welcome on in. Fighter's Fury here on 790 The Ticket. Tobin here with you for the next hour. We're going to dive all over the world of mixed martial arts and boxing. Yesterday was down at the Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino, the Hard Rock Event Center. Which, by the way, I mean, what an amazing makeover that place is getting. Um, you know, the, 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 I saw the rendering yesterday. I was just getting done with our, our show on Friday, and I was hanging out for the weigh-ins for Shogun Fights. It's uh, Alliance MMA promotion. And... It's just like seeing the renderings of what that it's gonna look like little vegas it's it's pretty incredible but last night uh you had shogun fights which was going down checking out some local mixed martial arts going on uh, a lot of guys from att att fighting there um a lot of local promote a lot of guys who are locally trained so it was cool to get to see uh, the local scene i thought they put on a hell of a show yesterday at alliance mma and shogun fights it was uh, very very exciting to watch a little bit of everything you know you had some 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 really really exciting knockouts some very, very impressive submissions that were going down. Just really impressive work. And it was cool seeing um, the beginning stages of a lot of guys' careers and guys taking the next step of it as they're, uh, as they're trying to make their way and, and trying to move their way up. Some guys are still trying to hang on. It was, it was an interesting look yesterday. I mean, we saw a little bit of everything. It was a really good night for ATT. Uh, 4-0 for their guys from Coconut Creek yesterday. It started off 3-0 on the card. It was bang, bang, bang. Three guys from American Top Team getting wins. You had... Um, you had uh, Lamar Brown getting himself a win. He won himself a uh, a, a decision, and then you had uh, Olivier Murad who uh, who got himself a win in his debut. Very very quick knockout, thirty seven seconds. Um, and uh, and, and Gabe Barletta from ATT. He uh he had a very very nasty guillotine choke that he was able to sink in in the in the first round. So the, the prelims were moving. They were humming along. It was boom boom boom. Things were getting done very very quick in the midst of things. Uh, last night was headlined by Sean Brady, who comes from Philadelphia, which, by the way, I don't know if everybody from Philadelphia sounds exactly like Eddie Alvarez, but I think it must just be the accent, because this dude, I, if I if I closed my eyes, you would have thought Eddie Alvarez was doing the interview in the post-game octagon. That's what it was like. But I'll tell you what, it was interesting to see, because this was, it was mostly, not surprisingly, for a card like this, it was stacked with dudes from South Florida, which was cool, or guys who trained down here. But this Sean Brady, who... You know, he's he's now 8-0 and is hoping to get the call from the UFC. And he was taken on Colton Smith, former Ultimate Fighter winner, former UFC fighter. Um, and it was tailor-made for him, you know, with with, uh, with Colton's, like, karate stance. Eventually, Sean, after a little bit of a, a slow start in the first round, he took him down and was pretty much dominating from there. Just, 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 just rode his ass into the ground for three rounds. Um, wasn't going to risk anything. You know, he, if this is a guy who's hoping to get the call up to the next promotion, uh, he just went out there and, and dominated his way to a win 
in the least risky way possible, which isn't a shot at him. It's just, it's just the, you could tell he even said so afterwards. He wasn't going to get caught with anything stupid. He knew it was on the line there. He wanted to defend his belt and he saw a weakness there and saw a great advantage and took advantage of it. So he, uh, he comes from Philadelphia. It sounds just like Eddie Alvarez. And he had, it, it was really funny because from where I was sitting in the media row, it was right above where you would say the floor seats are not quite cage side, but then there's this next level where the floor seats are. And so, you know, we see all these people coming in wearing these green shirts and they all say team Brady on them. And, you know, he probably has like a good 30 people rolling deep there. And it was funny because you could tell these are all his friends because they are just haunting the hell out of Colton Smith the entire fight. Called him a lot of words I can't say on the air. But imagine, I've never been to an Eagles game, but I imagine that's what it was like because these dudes, they were letting everything fly. You're a, a meow meow. You are a you are a B. All the things that they could shout at him while they're all holding their cell phones recording their boys fight and just like, you know, this is why you got kicked out of the UFC. It was so brutal. But that's Philly. That's Philly right there. They're doing Eagles chants after the after the fight. It was so hardcore to see you know, a few dozen probably short of that being that intense like nobody nobody was gonna tell this crew to shut shut up this was this was uh, what I imagine it being like except 60,000 deep on Sundays in Philadelphia it was it was very very uh it was an impressive showing by by the Philly crowd who I guess Philly continues to have a good year Sean Brady showing out for them so I don't know if he'll get the call from the UFC um but if uh if if that is the last fight that he has with Shogun fights, uh, good showing by him. Yesterday was was I thought the craziest thing I saw was in the co-main event, and this was a little bit weird because you know sometimes when you're watching mixed martial arts live, you don't always get the best view because a cage is it's a hard watch. You know, it's almost it almost pays off to be better higher up off the ground than it does be than it does being closer, and. You know, like I said, I wasn't ringside. I was probably 50 yards from the cage, but I was eye level with it. And so this this fight's going on between Caleb Williams and Matt McCook. And, you know, Caleb Williams gets uh, gets some really good strikes on McCook and, you know, hurts him, hurts him bad early on in the fight. But then they start, you know, they start tussling. It's a little bit more back and forth. But then the scenario happens where, Caleb Williams gets a hold of McCook and basically slams him to the ground. I don't need, but but I, you never see this. He slams him. He face plants him to the ground. This even made Bleacher Report yesterday. I because when uh when I when I got home and I was watching Amir Imam versus Jose Ramirez, and we'll get to that fight in a little bit. It says uh, fighter knocks himself out via face plant. And I was like, well, I don't think he really knocked himself out, but I didn't get a good I, – I wasn't watching much of the the replays because, you know, the the way the setup was there, you know, I, I didn't feel like I was getting great angles of it, and they kept getting cut off of where the floor was because you never see this. But it looked like McCook got – when he hit the ground, I was like, he didn't come back up. I was like, was a punch thrown? 
Was he was he was he choked out or did he just get slammed to the ground and didn't come back up? That's exactly what happened. It was wild. Williams takes down McCook, but he got he has him in this position where, you know, it was almost like WWE style. Like he he puts him f- face first onto the canvas and he does not get back up. It's wild. You don't see that very often. Saw a lot of things you didn't see often yesterday, which is kind of cool with going with the you know, the early the early career promotions, you know, um, like, you know, when's the, when are the, when are the times you see a heel hook? There was a point yesterday where, uh, Fred Mikhail from, um, uh, Mikhail brothers, he, he put a heel hook in on David eight and it looked like the most wicked submission ever. It felt so, it was, it was, it was heart wrenching seeing that. Um, but was able to link in something great. He went with his bread and butter. And uh, and came out with a very very impressive performance. So really really fun show yesterday. Shogun fights by Alliance MMA at the Hard Rock. Fights at the Hard Rock were fun last night. Um, and I don't know if there's a way to watch it or go back and watch it, but it was a, it was a cart hummed along. Like most, of the, I think there was only two decisions last night. If I'm just looking back on it, it, that's what it felt like. It only went to the scorecards twice. Once was the main event, and I would probably say the main event probably had the least amount of action out of all of them. Um, just, it was kind of just a one-sided ragdoll fest. So, and it, those are always the hardest to watch live. You know, you wonder why people get upset watching, you know, and, and Joe Rogan always gets on people for this. So why does, why does a crowd boo because of fights on the ground? Someone, you can't see anything. That's why you're in a corner. If you're in a certain part of the, uh, part of the audience and you can't see a damn thing going on and you got to watch monitors. Nobody wants to see that. You're there to watch a fight live, not watch it on TV. Um, I think that's probably why people get upset watching that stuff. But it was a really, really enjoyable card last night. And uh, and a fun event. And a fun event. So shout out to all the guys from American Top Team who got their win. MMA Masters got themselves a win. Uh, Danny Chavez buzzsawed as uh, his opponent. Just, it, it was, it was, uh, he, he, uh, he was throwing, the, it was, it was funny because taking on a guy probably looked like he had six inches on, um, uh, but really already fended him off quick with these kicks and then just hit him with three straight right hands. Vicious, vicious knockout. And uh, and a really fun night. It was it was very cool to see. So shout out to the Hard Rock. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, enjoy the uh, enjoy the fight night and uh, and all the crew there with uh, Shoguns and, uh, and Alliance MMA. I'm not quite sure. I got to tell you with Alliance MMA and Shogun, I don't know who's who because Alliance MMA was, was more active on the social media account, but I know it was technically called Shogun Fights. So I don't know who to thank, but either way, you guys were fantastic yesterday. You put on a hell of a show. When we come back, want to get into a little bit of ESPN boxing from last night. Amir Mom taking on Jose Ramirez for the vacant WBC 140 belt. So we'll get into that and a lot of things happening in the world of UFC. Uh, we had ourselves a fight night in London yesterday, and that's going to be the last UFC we have for a while. This is an odd scenario coming up for the big leagues as far as UFC and, and Bellator is concerned. Not going to be a lot of MMA action, but a lot of good boxing stuff coming up. We'll be back with Fighters Fury right after this. It's Fighters Fury on AM790, The Ticket. All right, guys, welcome back. Fighters Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. See Tommy Guns are out this week. And we'll see them next week. We'll have a, we got a lot. We got a little bit of a layoff coming up here. As far as UFC is concerned, uh, oh, I want to give one more shout out for last night's performance because I'm trying to get all the uh, the local guys from yesterday who just had great performances, and uh, and uh, Geraldo Rosa was I thought had knockout of the night 
He uh, he trains at Hard Knocks 365, uh, Henry Hoof's gym in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I thought that was uh, I thought that was the most sensational knockout. He had this wicked uppercut, and it happened like right right in front of me as far as the angles concerned of the cage. Uh, wicked uppercut. I thought it was uh, I thought it was a, a beautiful beautiful shot that he that he uh, hit his opponent with. Um, really really impressive showing by him yesterday too. So really fun night at at the Hard Rock as far as the fights are concerned. They got another card I think coming up on Friday. There's a there's a boxing card. I think the Heavyweight Factory in Punch Miami is putting up a card at the Hard Rock. I'm going to try and make my way out there for that, too. Um, so if you guys are looking for some local events to go to uh, or you have any local events going on, you could always let us know. You could text 67974. You could tweet at me at Brendan underscore Tobin or Instagram me there as well. Uh, if you have any local shows going up at um, uh, in the South Florida area, we're going to try and make it out to a lot of those this year. Um I want to get to the boxing last night on ESPN. Uh, you had Jose Ramirez taking on Amir Imam for the vacant WBC junior welterweight title. This was Terrence Crawford's belt, which he has vacated. He is now moving on to 147. So yesterday we had Jose Ramirez trained by Freddie Roach, and then we have Amir Imam who is uh, trained down here by the great Stacy McKinley. We love Stacy. Shout out to him. Shout out to Mel. And those guys, um, I thought this was a sensational fight yesterday. I thought we had two young, hungry fighters, and they put on an amazing, amazing fight. And if you guys want to see two guys both on the the cusp of the primes of their career, you know, uh, Amir had such a he had a rocket to his back as far as the uh, the the kind of start he had to his career before suffering a loss in 2015. You know, built his way back up, three straight wins. And Jose Ramirez was looking to get kind of the next piece of his career, put a world title around his waist. Um, you know, he's got a huge following over on the West Coast there. And this was, you know, even surprising to Stacy. You know, Stacy McKinley was saying, like, I'm surprised he's taken Amir on. Amir's got vicious power. He's a very, very slick boxer. He's not easy to hit. He's not easy to hit. And we saw a lot of that yesterday. I, I think you just got to say with Ramirez. And I thought Tim Bradley, who, by the way, I think Tim Bradley's getting very, very good. I thought he sucked when he first started, which, look, this happens in broadcasting. Go back and listen to, you go back and listen to my first Sports Flash. Anytime I go and want to tell people, like, how awful I was, and you may still think I'm awful, but if you want to hear how awful I was, I'll, I'll go play my first Sports Flash on this station. Whew, what a piece of crap that was. Terrible. It was just, it was a train wreck. But that's how it is. You go through these things and, and you just work through them. I thought Tim Bradley was so damn good on that broadcast yesterday, just from a personality standpoint. It's not even that I just agreed with everything that he said, but it was, you know, sometimes when these guys get on there, they're a little bit afraid to talk. They're afraid to step on people. I thought yesterday he was fantastic. I thought I thought uh, it showed through yesterday. So good on Tim Bradley because I wasn't quite sure on how that was going to work out. You know, ESPN let go of of Teddy Atlas, who is a kook. I mean, let's let's be let's be honest with it. Teddy Atlas is crazy. But I love his crazy. I love his crazy, and I liked when he and Tim did fights together. Um, you know, but there was some personal conflict there. You know, Teddy Atlas was, you know, the first fight that happened. You know, Top Rank rolls out this this big promotion. Hey, you know, Bob Arum and ESPN, harmonious together. And the first fight they do is Jeff Horn versus Manny Pacquiao. And, you know, Teddy is spewing it like it is. It was... It, if you don't want to call it corrupt, you could call it uh, incompetent. It was it was a terrible decision to give Jeff Horn that fight. I mean, he landed 
15% of his punches. And, you know, they're, they're saying, oh, he's winning rounds because he's he's nearly headbutting Manny on the ropes. It's like, I, I don't know what you guys are watching, but all he's doing is, is missing and rumbling. But whatever, it is what it is. So Freddie's out here. and uh, Teddy is out here. Excuse me. Getting him and Freddie Roach confused because I saw Freddie yesterday. And Teddy Atlas is out here, and he's telling you that this is a corrupt decision. This is not on the level, whatever you want to make of it. And this will relate to last night's fight as well. But, you know, Teddy's even got Jeff Horn there. He's interviewing him on the, the side of the ring, and he's like, hey, you know you got away with one there, right? Like, that that wasn't this. And, and you know, Jeff Horn's, like, feeling sheepish, and he doesn't know what to make of it. And that's always an awkward decision, you know. I, I still think it's even awkward probably for for Tim Bradley when they tell him, that, hey, you can beat Manny Pacquiao, even though everybody knows it was one of the biggest hoaxes ever in the history of scorecards. But is what it is. Um, so they take Teddy Atlas off this, off this ESPN card, or all the ESPN cards now, and it's Tim Bradley and it's uh, Joe Testor and it's um, Mark Kriegel, who is fantastic. I think, I think, I think Mark Kriegel's a, a great writer. Um, you know, has done some really good film work as far as you guys want a couple of, uh, of good ones to, to watch. Uh, I'm sure a lot of boxing fans have seen the good son, the Ray boom, boom Mancini one, uh, that's available on Netflix, but there's a great one that's done, uh, on sh- by Showtime. I don't know where you could find this. You might have to be a sub- Showtime subscriber to get this like on their app. Um, but I talked to him on the midday show with, uh, with Leroy and beast. I talked to him before this documentary came out. And it's a documentary on Muay Thai fighters who have an opportunity to fight their way out of prison. And I'm talking murderers, like murderers, do people who do serious crimes because of the way that sport is beloved over there in Thailand. They have an opportunity to win their way out of prison. It is a it is an awesome documentary. And Mark Kriegel was behind uh, behind that as uh, a producer and, and the first storyteller of it. So I would recommend checking that out. Let's get back to last night because I sidetracked uh, greatly there. So last night, Jose Ramirez and Miramam, um, really, really good fight. These guys put on a really good show, and I thought the judges got it right. I thought the, the judges, most of the judges had it right, I should say, because one judge had it 120 to 108, and that judge should be put in prison. That's stupid. I mean, first of all, how you how, how you can walk away without saying the first round where the most – the clearest shot in the round was this vicious uppercut that Amir lands on Jose, stops him dead in his tracks. I mean, at that point, if you're a judge, are you just looking at a guy who's going forward and throwing? Are you not seeing where the shots are landing? And they kept making a point of this on the broadcast that, look, I I, I don't know if the plan was hopefully that Jose Ramirez would run out of a little bit of gas because he never ran out of gas. He was He was – he was nonstop throwing and Amir was shaking a lot of this stuff. He was slipping tons of punches, but the return fire wasn't quite what I think needed to be for him to, to get the win here. And maybe that was because with what he was landing, he knew he was really affecting Ramirez. And sometimes, you know, Amir's known as a guy with big punching power. So it's possible that he thought, look, I don't, I don't need to, leave myself as open here. I'm going to be slick, and I'm going to land the ones that matter, and that's going to be the difference in the fight. It's just that the 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 volume that was coming back at him, though a lot of it was missing, 
by the time we got to the end of the round, and I imagine fatigue is setting in, you know, it, it was it was finally enough. Like the eye was starting to shut up on Amir, and he 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 just couldn't have the firepower back. And it looked, and they made a point to this that you know, well, it looked like uh, Jose was was willing his way. He's got the more. Will. That's not a question of will, but it was a question of it was a question of volume. If you want to put that under will, okay. But I, I thought it was just a case of, look, Jose had a strategy. I'm going to throw and throw and throw and throw. I don't care what lands. Eventually, one will, enough will land. And if I'm going to look at the, the fighter who's coming forward, who's throwing more, and at the end of it looked like he did more damage, uh, that's a solid way to go get a win. And so even though I think Amir Imam and, and, and was not wary of Jose being able to put the lights out on him, um, he wasn't he wasn't able to be as active, even though I think his boxing was probably slicker. His boxing looked fantastic. Um, you know, they went to this point where I think they saw this opening with the body. They were trying to go with that and, and probably never got that real opportunity to land uh, the sweet right hand, which is probably his bread and butter along with his jab. So either way, Jose Ramirez gets himself a win. Amir Mom. I thought put out a good showing, too. I think both those guys should be saluted for the fight they put on yesterday. It was a great fight. I wish we got that more. Two young guys in their prime. They're not hiding from each other. They're not ducking each other. They're both being given this great opportunity. Terrence Crawford vacates his belts. Now we got an opportunity to have a new face of a division here. What are we going to do here? We're going to cream puff it here for for Jose Ramirez? No, we're going to put him in there with an absolute killer in Amir Imam, a guy who's super dangerous, a guy who's super slick, a guy who's got great punching power, and he was able to weather the storm, man. He was able to find his way through and and got himself a win, got himself a belt, and I hope that uh, Amir Imam is, is not far off from getting another shot or being back at the top of the card because he also put on a great showing yesterday. Both those guys put on an amazing fight on ESPN. Recommend you guys checking it out. Also, Mike, uh, Mick Conlon, Michael Conlon yesterday, uh, he got his, himself a, another win on St. Patty's Day as they had the, the fight at the theater at Madison Square Garden. Um, So he was able to he was able to get himself a win too. TKO, second round. And if you guys haven't seen him, the uh, the former Olympian, he he uh, he walked out with Conor McGregor his debut, his pro debut. He had Conor out there. Uh, it was it was actually the night where Conor came out and was like he, he was I'm gonna make all of you guys eat your words to uh, to all the boxing media. Speaking of that, and we'll get into UFC on the other side, but this is I, I never would know where to put the Conor Floyd stuff. I don't really know what category to put it into. Because it's all just one big hodgepodge. I guess we're going to put it under mixed martial arts now. So, Floyd this week comes out and he says to TMZ that he's dead ass serious about training for mixed martial arts. And we took this story last week where Tyron Woodley said that he was going to help train Floyd for mixed martial arts. And you remember we we had the videos come out and the photoshops come out where Floyd's in the cage, he's walking around the cage. Was it just a sponsorship thing? Who knows? You know, the the photoshops of elbowing Conor McGregor. Conor's like, here's a real elbow and a real fight. All that stuff. So Floyd comes out this week, and he says that he's serious about the mixed martial arts thing. You know, this was, mind you, the timeline we have on the Floyd MMA thing is Dana said that we were having talks of it. Steven Espinosa says we can't rule it out. Floyd then kind of walks it back, and he's like, I'm not doing mixed martial arts. I don't need to do mixed martial arts. I don't need to fight and take care of my investments. And 
Look, I don't know what Floyd's finances are. I don't know. It looks like he spends his his cash like crazy, but I also got to imagine for a fighter of his stature, the kind of social media prowess that he has, I got to imagine that Floyd can can make uh, millions of dollars at the drop of a hat. I don't think he needs boxing. But there's a couple of things that are always lost uh, amongst this stuff when it comes to guys not wanting to retire, fighters not wanting to leave on their own merit, guys sticking around too long. You know, first of all, a lot of it is it's 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 what they know. It's how they made their living. It's what they identify with. It's how they keep sane. They stay active. You know, people people uh, get way too quick to throw boxers and throw mixed martial artists and say, "Bah, they lost a fight. Career's over. Let's just throw dirt on it." It's like you guys don't know the the hours and the rounds and the minutes that are put into all this training, the, the part of their selves that they have to put in just to get a few opportunities a year to do this stuff and to ask you to just shut it off because you deem them not worthy of fighting anymore because they had the audacity to lose a fight on television and then you you deem it, oh, they're not good enough to fight anymore for my eyes. Like, for any bleephole who says that Amir Imam is not good enough to be on my television to watch fight anymore after what last night was because you lose a fight 8-4 or 7-3 on your cards or uh, corruptly uh, 12-0 by that one judge's scorecard. That person should be put in prison, by the way. Uh, top rank under the... T- like it's just, it's just weird that top rank always seems to have that one in the back pocket. Or all these big promotions seem to have that one in the, big, in the back pocket. But to, to just say that, oh, they're not worthy of your time anymore because such and such. Yeah, look, are there ever cases where a guy looks like he's hanging on too long and he doesn't have anything left in the tank? Certainly, certainly. But a lot of the times that trigger is pulled way too quick. Way too quick by fans, by media, by pundits, all that stuff. So that goes from the the the, the fringe guys all the way to the tops. You don't know what that means to these fighters to have that identity to matter to be in the spotlight it's it's a very finite time in a, in a fighter's life and you know before a lot of fighters want to hang it up and start talking about the glory days they want to get as much glory for themselves as they can and it's understandable even floyd mayweather who will retire at a drop of a hat because he wants to be wanted again you know i think that this was a different type of thing with floyd this last time, you know, there was certainly an element of of race baiting that was going on in this promotion of the fight, you know, especially on Connor's side where he's he's stepping in it left and right, you know, telling telling Floyd that's for me, boy. And, and, and that got people all up in arms. And Floyd was able to to play that like a fiddle, made himself like already, I think, in this regard, um, more supported than ever from the boxing community. A lot of the boxing community hates on Floyd. A lot of the boxing community doesn't like, you know, watching Floyd fight. They didn't think he had a pleasing style, which I think will be more appreciated as the years go on. But this, I think, was the first legitimate time in a boxing match that Floyd was defending the sanctity of the sport and the honor of the sport. You weren't going to have some guy with no professional fights come in and beat him and what do you do then? The biggest star in the sweet science over the last 15, 20 years got beat by a guy who's a mixed martial artist? You couldn't have it. So there was a lot, there was a groundswell of the boxing community. People were insulted that that people that 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 Connor could come in there and win a fight against one of the best to ever do it. And I'm sure that Floyd liked that for once. I think Floyd probably liked the idea 
that he is going to get a little bit of support, get a little bit of love for once. It's not always going to be, oh, everybody's rooting for Manny Pacquiao to beat me. Everybody's rooting for Oscar De La Hoya to beat me. Everybody's rooting for this guy to beat me. You know, th- for for once, he had he didn't step in it when it came to the uh, the dumb things said. Connor did. He didn't have the the brashness. The other, he was just kind of the, the cool, collected guy. wasn't bothered by Connor's trash talk. Look, and I'm not saying there weren't people who were who weren't rooting against him. There are certainly plenty of people who bought that fight with the hopes that Connor could pull that off. And by the way, Connor had his moments, and I think looked a lot better than people thought he would. Was he carried? Was he? Uh, was it? Uh, would it? Would it feel the same going back and watching that? Probably not. You need some of the surprise element, I think, for that fight to to feel the way it did on that certain night. But it was still a fun night. I think we all came out of that night enjoying ourselves and felt like we got our money's worth. If you felt like you got gypped, I don't know. You're probably just a tough act. You're, you're a tough audience. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so the idea that Floyd would do this mixed martial arts fight, people are saying, ah, no way. Floyd's not going to lose. Floyd, Floyd doesn't want that embarrassment on his, on his resume. And I got to tell you, what is the embarrassment? Has anybody... Come out of this thing feeling any less of Connor that he had the guts to leave his sport where he was making tremendous money, where he was on top of the world, where he was the first multi-division simultaneous champion, the champ champ. Did anybody really rain on Connor that much for losing to Floyd Mayweather in a sport he's never he's never done before professionally? No, there's nothing to lose. And Connor made a ton of money. So for Floyd, if he's looking over the boxing landscape right now and he's seen all the guys at 147 is he going to go in there and fight an Errol Spence is he going to go in there and fight a Keith Thurman uh, a Terrence Crawford is he going to go fight these guys no I think we all know that Floyd is 40 bleeping 142 years old he's not going to go take on these young lions could he beat them maybe I mean, Floyd Floyd can make a lot of people look silly. I mean, his, some of his finest work was against Canelo Alvarez when he got a guy too young and, and the, the lights were a little bit too bright. It was one of his best performances, I think, of his career. Especially the the tail the, the tail end of, of super defensive Floyd, output not what it was. I, I, I think it was. So Floyd needs an outlet. Floyd's not only looking for a place to get some glory, but to get some money. And so... You're going to be opening yourself, first of all, up to a whole new fan base. And I think that if he actually walks into that octagon, there's going to be people that respect Floyd, that he's actually going to do that. That's going to, that's going to, that's going to be a place where he's going to get nothing but credit for doing this maneuver of fighting Conor McGregor in an octagon. And that's who it has to be, by the way. You know, I, I've seen the idea of should he fight CM Punk? Should he fight somebody who's on his le- No. If you're going to pay Floyd Mayweather... A hundred million at the base to fight mixed martial arts. You need a card that can make the money worth that, and the only person who can do that is fighting Conor McGregor, not fighting CM Punk, not fighting, you know, anybody who's at the beginning of their careers. It can't be against an unknown. It can't be just a hey, Floyd is taking on uh, fighter X in the octagon. He has to fight Conor McGregor. It has to be Randy Couture, James Tony. It has to be your biggest name make the money worth it for Floyd Mayweather to make that fight happen. But he's not going to lose anything other than a fight 
And is there risk that he's going to get head kicked into the to the to the tenth row? Yeah. Could he just could he get choked out? Yeah. Could he get knocked out? Yeah. But he's going to come out of that thing with a lot of credit and a lot of money. And I think Floyd wants both of those at this point in his career. He knows there's not many opportunities left. There's not. Just at the age you're at, you know that time is eventually running out. And if you could get one more time where the crowd is there to see you, where your name is on the poster, you're on the billboard. Look, you think Floyd Mayweather wants to just be be uh, trotting out his, his strip club on Instagram? I mean, is there anything emptier than that? There's nothing wrong with being a businessman, but that, that's what Floyd wants to be doing the rest of his, his life is just, hey, come to the girl collection in Vegas. No, how old does that get? I'm sure, look, he's going to have successful business and successful ventures, but what's going to replace 25,000 people coming to watch you fight another man one-on-one? There's, there's few things that I can imagine replace that in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the pantheon of good feelings for an athlete. So I think it's going to happen, and I think it's going to be against Conor McGregor, and it's going to be a, a whole heap of money made by both sides because a lot of people are going to buy this fight. I, I would actually venture to say it's going to outdraw the last fight because people want to see Floyd lose. They do. There are people that want to see him lose, but they also want to see the circus. And I'm not above seeing the circus. I like seeing everything. I like seeing what I watched last night at the Hard Rock. I like seeing the young guns go at it. I like seeing guys at the beginning of their careers. I like watching what I watched yesterday on ESPN between Amir Imam, Jose Ramirez, two guys in their prime fighting for a belt. I like seeing guys over the hill fight. I like seeing guys who shouldn't be fighting fight. I like seeing some spectacle to it. I liked Kimbo versus Dada. I like Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. I like it all, man. I'm not above it all. I just want to see entertaining stuff. And that's what this is. Conor, Floyd, two in an octagon is entertainment. And if they want to do it to make nine figures a piece, who be it for must to stop them? You're going to tell me you're not tuning in that night? Any, any, any critic. Who tells you, I'm not tuning in to watch. This is a spectacle. This is a spectacle. Good. Don't watch. Who cares? What, you think your your hard stance is going to keep me from my entertainment that night? No, sir. No, sir. We'll be back after this. It's Fighter's Fury on AM790, The Ticket. And welcome back. Fighter's Fury here on 790, The Ticket. Tobin here with you. We'll go up until around 11 o'clock today. Who's coming up after us, Steve? Beast? Ah, Sorry about that, boys. I'm just messing with you, Beast. I'm just kidding. Anyway, get into some UFC from yesterday. Uh, Alexander Volkov, he beat Fabricio Verdum. Fourth round KO for for the big man. He was able to put down Verdum. And I guess that's probably going to solidify him as a contender at heavyweight right now, which is in a weird spot. You know, they're going to do a little bit of a uh, um, a crossover fight here. DC is moving up to heavyweight to fight in July. I can't wait for that card. I, I think that's going to be it's, – it, it's got to feel like it's going to be fight of the year. Just the idea you got Daniel Cormier. Uh, he finally gets something that's not going to be tied to John Jones, which I think is, is great for DC. Because I, here's the thing. I think DC earned a lot of people's respect in that John Jones fight, that last one that he had where – you know, he put it all out there. He put himself at risk. He, I thought, 
was his striking was the best it it had been in a fight and to go in there with a striker the danger that John Jones brings and to put yourself in the line of fire and he got he got he got kicked man that's 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 John's always going to have that on him he always is and i thought for the last fight where you know it was it was almost a a peeing contest of oh DC was going to take John down and John ended up taking him down i thought DC put it more on the line this one and was just just earned a lot of people's respect for the way he went in there and fought John Jones the last time. And so I think it's cool the fact that he's got this fight upcoming now where he put the beating that he did on uh, Vulcan Uzdemir the, in, the, in their bout, got his belt, I guess, not really his belt back. I mean, he defended it again because he never really lost it technically under the no contest that was the John Jones fight because of John Jones test, which we still don't know quite what John's suspension is going to be after that, uh, that, that terrible commissioner's hearing that went down a couple of weeks ago with a dude who's telling him to look up to Stephen A. Smith. And by the way, I love Stephen A. Smith. I, I don't know what the hell John taking, uh, steroids or, or ingesting unintentional steroids. I don't know what Stephen A is going to tell you about that. I, I really don't, but Lord, Lord help us. The the eighty five year old commissioner. He thinks that Stephen A. has got the answers for for bones there. So all I want to do is just see the guy back in, back in the cage. Quite frankly, um, but Stipe will will Volkov get into there with the contendership? This is what I think. I think yes, he probably will. Um, it's probably going to be a case of he either fights Curtis Blades or if DC ends up winning. This is the thing that's interesting. Ultimately, we got to see those guys fight again. We got to see John versus DC fight again. And I think it's probably going to be John versus DC for the heavyweight title. But I have a hard time, and I don't know how this fight's going to go down. And so these are always tough things to project. But I have a hard time thinking that Steve doesn't deserve another crack of the belt. Maybe it won't be immediately, but whenever that happens, whenever you get done with the the storyline that is Daniel Cormier, if he ends up beating DC, which I don't know that he will, although I think it's a very, very closely contested fight. I think both of these guys bring unbelievable skill sets to the cage that night. I think Steve has got to get another crack at it. I mean, if you're the guy who has more defenses than anybody in the history of the division, you deserve another, you deserve an automatic rematch. You do. I don't know if that's going to be the case because obviously Stipe isn't the most marketable guy in the world. I don't know why, but he's the baddest dude on the planet. And if he does lose that belt, it is heavyweight. I mean, hell, how many shots did, you know, Cain Velasquez immediately got a shot against JDS after he lost the belt. Um, Joanna, she got an immediate rematch after losing to Rose the way she did. And that was a, that was in stunning fashion. I think he absolutely does. I don't know if that'll be the case because I feel like if DC ends up winning the belt, they're going to want to use that for fighting John Jones and fighting John Jones for the heavyweight title. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that, that all plays out. Either way, Volkov put himself in in position to where he's not far off. He's not far off from uh, being in the in the title picture yet again or being in the title picture for the UFC for the first time. Yet again, he was the Bellator champion. Which is cool. Bellator's got themselves a uh, a guy who was their champ and now has the chance to be in the title picture for the UFC. You know, that's what it shows. I mean, just because you don't have necessarily the letters behind you, look how many guys from Strikeforce have had success. Look at the guys at Bellator, Eddie Alvarez, 
Um, the I think Eddie Alvarez is the only guy to have both belts. Doesn't mean just because you're fighting in Bellator you can't have success. Speaking of which, Bellator announced this week because we had a long layoff. We're not going to have UFC for about three weeks, which is a nice welcome break. Um, but they announced this week, Bellator announced that the main event, because they're not coming back until April 6th. They're coming back the day before UFC 223, which is going to be Tony versus Khabib. And I can't wait for that fight. If that fight gets ruined again, by the way, I, 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 I'm going to lose it. The fact that they've had to try to have this fight three times. If we don't get Tony Ferguson versus Khabib after another attempt, I'm going to lose it. It's it's going to be bad. But the night before that, Bellator is returning, and the main event is going to be Benson Henderson against Roger Huerta. Roger Huerta is going to be coming back. The former uh, the former face of Sports Illustrated, man, of, of ultimate fighting. Roger Huerta is coming back. He's uh, he's had a couple wins over the last couple years. He won most recently in December for Phoenix FC. Um, although it's saying that he won by DQ. Yeah, he won by DQ by against Hader Hassan. So he got himself a win, uh, but apparently the dude he was fighting was cheating. But he has been active. I mean, he's only 34. These guys fighting who are older than 34. But that's an interesting one. That, that That's an interesting turning point for Ben Henderson, who... Obviously, he hasn't had the run that he thought he probably would in Bellator since he made the move over there. You know, he's one in three. And I'm sure that he's had two title shots. He's lost them both. You know, so if he loses to Roger Huerta, uh, main event, and again, I don't know. I don't know where he goes from there. Um, I'm not saying that he's going to get cut or anything like that, but I think that's an interesting crossroads that he's going to find himself at if he drops to one in four and, and loses to a guy that Bellator is bringing in. So that'll be an interesting thing to look out for. The other interesting news that came out this week, since we were talking about, um, we were talking about last segment circus fights. CM Punk, he tweeted out this week a hint that he's going to be making his return on the UFC 225 card in Chicago. And the only thing I got to say to that is, good luck to CM Punk. Um, you know, props for stepping into the cage again. Um. I guess the person that's probably best for is going to be for Yoel and and for Robert Whitaker because he is going to get that that bump from having the WWE fan base one to watch CM Punk again. Ronda Rousey had some interesting comments this week. She was talking to Metro UK and she said that everybody, everybody who's a wrestling fan, everybody who's a wrestling fan wants to see CM Punk back in the WWE. You know, and she said that I think everybody on earth would love to see him back. I would completely fall over myself and be honored if you wanted to be involved with me in any way, shape, or form. But it's also not for everybody else. It's his life. It's about him, and he's enjoying doing what he wants to do, be passionate about what he wants to bring the best out of him. I'm sure there's a lot of people that wish I would come back to fighting, but you know what? I don't fight for them, and he doesn't wrestle for us, so he should do what he wants and do what makes him into the person he feels like he's meant to be, which is cool. That's cool about Ronda Rousey. You know, She's living out a new little bit of a dream here. She was on Ellen this week, didn't necessarily rule out fighting again. Kind of did. It was like, it's it's very unlikely that she'll come back, but maybe. That was what you got out of her. And I am I think I'm in the rare minority that thinks if Ronda came back, I still think Ronda could get wins. I think Ronda, I don't think she's broken. I do think she needs to go do something that will make her feel fulfilled again because I do, I, I, it felt like watching the Amanda Nunes fight, and this isn't to take anything away from Amanda, who's an absolute badass, um, 
but it did feel like Ronda was coming back for all the wrong reasons, whether it was one last payday, whether it was to think if the Holly Holm thing was a fluke. But, you know, you hear the stories about how she was training, not sparring, never spoke to the media, has never really gotten to, I guess, build herself back up. And, yeah, some of that is on Ronda for how she's handled the media and, and not wanting to talk about the fight thing at all unless it is on Ellen's couch or if it is to Ramona Shelburne. But um, I do think that, it, you know, if she does this WWE thing and, and has some fun with it and has some time away from this, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the itch to fight comes back for Ronda and that she just gets one comeback fight to see if she could do it. And I don't necessarily think it has to be against, you know, the top of the top, but I do think that she could have success against it. I think she got away from what made her so great and so dominant early on that if Ronda were to come back, um, one, I'd be happy to see it because I think she's, uh, she's, she's an absolute pioneer and a great face for the sport of mixed martial arts. And I think she could have a lot of success with it. I really do. I, I, I do. Um, just having some time away. I just think that that last fight, you know, the loss to Holly, who knows what the reasons were behind it. Um, bad strategy. Trying <laughs> trying to to attack a, a monster master counterpuncher about Holly Holm. But it's not like anybody saw that coming. You know, that's the one thing that always makes me laugh. It's like, oh, the sport's, the sport's gone past her. It's like, no, she fought it. She fought that fight dumb. You wouldn't have thought that if she if she caught Holly in something and was able to submit her. You know, she got she got blasted in the face early on. She had never been clipped like that before. And that's a tough thing to come back from. But it's like the sport has passed her by. There wasn't punching? Am I unaware of something? In the history of women's fighting, nobody had learned to punch before? No. What are you talking about? She got clipped. She'd never been clipped before. And, uh... And yeah, the, the, there was a bit of a mental mental um, blockage, it seemed like, going into that fight with Amanda. She looked in tremendous shape, but we know that she wasn't uh, mentally or fight ready. She looked in, in maybe the best physical shape she'd ever been in on the outside, but there was some mental wear there. But I don't, you know, if you follow the timeline of it, like, oh, she's the, the sports passed her by. Oh, the sport passed her by, and then the person who beat her, this, this, Unicorn, who you've never seen, Holly Holm, then lost her next three fights to people that Ronda, one of them, Ronda had beat soundly twice. So that that has never jived with me as far as a theory is concerned. Um, so, yeah. So we have a lot of break from UFC. We'll, uh, we'll start diving into that UFC 223 card next week because it's a monster one. You know, we've already talked to Yoana in the lead up to this thing. She's ready for it. Rose is ready for her matchup. I can't wait for that. And then Khabib versus Tony, man, for the lightweight title. Maybe the next man will take on Conor McGregor. Well, he's probably going to fight Floyd Mayweather in an octagon next. I'm not going to lie. I think that's that's what we're getting next with Conor. His return's going to be against Floyd Mayweather. But maybe, maybe, maybe this will be for Conor's next fight. We'll see. Everybody have a fantastic rest of your week. And uh, enjoy the beast for the next three hours. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.